What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's March 18, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 79. In this episode, I'll be talking about the all or nothing mindset and why that could be holding you back. And then I'll talk about the dangers of tracking. Tracking can be really good in most cases, but you don't want to get too obsessed with it. I'll talk more about that one later. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Okay, so first things first, I hope you're all having a good week. I hope training and life just went well for you. I did some socializing this past week, so I guess I'll talk about it since it's such a rare occasion for me. So this past weekend, I just went out with the boys for the first time in a while, actually. We went bowling, there were five of us, and let me tell you, walking in there on a Saturday night... It seemed like COVID was over, honestly. Not a single mask in sight. I actually looked so dumb walking in with my mask on. I was one of the only people in there with one on. No one really seemed to care though, I just looked like the odd one out. But since I was the only one out of my buddies to have a mask, I had to go and get the lanes for us, plus I had to grab the beer pitchers. I had maybe half a cup of beer that night too, and I had a little bit of pizza. So yeah, we went bowling. I actually played pretty well. I think I had the most strikes out of the five of us. Um, Actually, probably not. That's probably why I didn't win. I did witness one of my buddies with an absolutely crazy frame, though. I'm not a bowling expert, so I don't even know if that's the correct term, but let's just go with it. I think uh, when it's your turn, that's called the frame. If not, then I've messed this whole thing up. But for the sake of the story, when it's your turn, that's the frame, okay? So it was the last frame of the first game, and in this last frame, or when it's your last turn in the game, you have the potential to bowl three times if you clear all the pins with a spare or a strike. So my buddy goes up, got a strike on the first one, and the second one, and I don't know how he did it, but a third strike in a row to end the game. That was so amazing to witness. I've never seen anyone do that in real life, so that was pretty cool. Three strikes in a row on the final frame. Yeah, that was actually wicked. Meanwhile, I just casually threw mine in the gutter after seeing that display of sheer brilliance. Great time with the boys, though, overall. We also went to some pool bar after, but I left pretty much as soon as we got there because it was super packed. And because it was uh, was almost midnight, way past my bedtime, I'm just a party pooper. What can I say? I think three of them went out to some other bar across the street. I'm sure they had a good time, but man, I had to get up early uh, the next day for work. I definitely wasn't going to wake up for a morning workout the next day. So after I took a nap, that's when I hit the afternoon lift, which is pretty rare. Happens maybe once a month. And since I was working out in the afternoon, I had to make sure I was warming up properly, 
Warming up is probably even more important if you've had a uh, long day before going to the gym and getting your lift in. In terms of warming up properly, first off, you go into the gym, do your 3 to 10 minute warm up on the cardio machine, then warm up with those dynamic movements, mobility drills, specific to whatever uh, muscles you're targeting that day. But that's not the part of the warm-up that I'm talking about. I mean, specifically the warm-up sets before you get into your challenging or your working sets. I've talked to a few people now who've told me how their workouts were. So they do something like, uh, let's say we're talking about dumbbell incline bench press, for example. I had a few guys recently tell me they hit 60 pounds this week for their three working sets. That's pretty strong. But before they get to the 60s, they start off warming up with the 20s, the 30s, the 45-pound dumbbells. And they would do this for 10 to 15 reps, then a set with the 50s, and then the 55s. And then finally, they do the 60s for whatever, 8 to 10 reps or so. This is actually pretty common for someone to do, I feel like. And in most cases, it is safer to go up slowly. But for someone who's doing presses at 60 pounds, that tells me... That that's someone who's pretty experienced and doesn't really need to waste energy on five plus sets before they get to their working set. Obviously, that's a ton of extra volume that could maybe be classified as junk volume. So a lot of extra and uh, unnecessary volume, wasted energy, and just more overall work before you get to the weight that you are going to actually use to work your muscles hard enough. So when I asked him how he felt doing all of this, he said tired by the time he got to his working set which made perfect sense so i told him to keep everything the same but just to switch up his warm-up a bit to do two maybe three warm-up sets instead doing five or more is just unnecessary four is also probably too much i think one to three warm-up sets is ideal so he did that for a while and he came back to me later on saying he felt even stronger doing his sets with this new warm-up style and he was able to even increase the weight of his working sets because he still had energy and felt strong. Again, that makes sense, and that's simply because he's not exhausting himself before he gets to those working sets. You need to save your energy for those working sets. If this sounds like something you do, you got to be more efficient with your time and with your workouts because that's a lot of work to do before you start hitting your real sets. So cut your warm-up sets if maybe you're doing a bit too much of them. Uh, and that should lead to a good workout where you're more fresh by the time you get to your workout sets. Plus, you'll save probably 10 or 15 minutes alone doing that. So after those good workouts, you got to eat well. And I'm here to help you out a bit with that. In terms of diet this week, I've still been eating fresh broccoli. If you listen to last week's podcast, still getting them fresh. And it's also better if you eat it right after you cook it as opposed to having it the next day for lunch. That's when it loses that crunch to it and the appeal is mostly gone. So for lunch, that's when I'll have some spinach or I'll have this concoction. I started cook, uh, started cooking this week. Very simple recipe, which tastes pretty damn good. On a pan, put some butter on there, cut up some mushrooms and grape tomatoes, put that in there, let it cook, add some salt and pepper, a dash of olive oil, that's it. That one's been really good. It even tastes good after a few days in the fridge. But anyways, for dinner, I've been having the broccoli. It's a good way to end the day. And I brought this up because there's a snack I love having. I've mentioned it on here before. Greek yogurt with fruits as a snack. Super good. 
So I used to be that person who would get the 0 or 2% Greek yogurt, and let me just say that it's nasty. I do not like the taste of that low percent or low fat Greek yogurt. It tastes, I think, bitter is the term I'm looking for. And usually if people are going to be healthy and stuff, they're going to opt for those choices because it is lower calories or lower fat. Trust me, I've done the same in the past because it's pretty much just pure protein if you buy the low or the no fat version. I usually just push myself through forcing it down to hit my macros. But your good habits are only going to stick uh, if they're enjoyable for you. So thank me later. I'm telling you, grab a higher fat Greek yogurt because... This is what usually happens. You're going to go out, grab the 0 or 2% Greek yogurt, and you might be able to hide the taste with a bunch of fruit, but sometimes you won't be able to, and you'll taste that blandness and bitterness. If you just mix it in a bowl with the fruits, it should be fine, but if you eat that by itself, good luck to you. So if you're someone who falls off some kind of diet or don't like to eat certain foods, like maybe Greek yogurt because of its taste, try out the other ones. Try out the other ones, man. You have to find a way to make your food enjoyable. If you don't enjoy it, you might not stick with it for very long. Don't even get me started on my old chicken breast recipe, which was absolutely torture. Anyways, go out, get the higher fat Greek yogurt. For a while now, I've been getting the 9% version instead of 2% and it's a game changer. This makes a huge difference in taste and sustainability going forward, at least for me. Yes, there's a bit more fat and calories in a 9% version, so you can try maybe a 4 to 7% Greek yogurt if they have those options at your store. Chances are it's not the Greek yogurt that's going to be causing you to be overweight or over your calories. And if it is, you need to take a look at the rest of your diet and figure out something else to change. For me, the 9% Greek yogurt actually tastes pretty good. I've been getting this blueberry flavored one. Yeah, super good. Also super good, my workouts this week, even though I only spent a few days in there actually working out this week, but every time I did go in there, it was a good time. This past Monday, I believe I hit the deadlifts that day, actually pulled 290 with ease, even on a day where I had some lower back issues, and I'm pretty glad that I can still grip that with a double overhand grip. I was supposed to go for 6 reps actually, but I just stopped at 3 because I couldn't really get my back loosened up that morning, and I... I probably still could have got six reps, honestly, but I just didn't want to push it and make my lower back worse than what it was already feeling like. So no ill effects from that day. I just stayed within a good working zone there, not trying to squeeze every last drop of strength into every workout now. I'm just training smarter. I didn't bench press this week in the traditional sense, at least with a barbell. I'm not going to go back to doing barbell until I can hit the 120 pound dumbbells again on flat. I mean, I'm saying that now, but I'll probably hit the barbell once every two weeks or something just to make sure that I still remember how to do it. But with the dumbbells, I feel like for me right now, it's more beneficial because I can get more of a stretch at the bottom and I actually do feel the exercise a bit more in the chest also. It's also been nearly a year since I dislocated my shoulder and there's for sure a bit of an imbalance between my arms a little bit still, so dumbbells will help correct that. I was hanging off of a pull-up bar yesterday, one arm at a time, so with my right hand or my right arm, I can actually hold myself up for around three or five seconds or so, but with my left one, the one I injured, 
Um, I actually can't hold myself up at all. There's like something in my brain telling me that it's not capable of doing it with my left side. I can do it for a split second, but it's not comfortable and doesn't feel great. Besides that though, it seems like it's all healed up. It's just when I really challenge my left shoulder, when I really push it to the limit, that's when things become difficult. So yeah, I hit the hundreds on flat bench this week. I was aiming for 10 to 12 reps, but that was actually pretty tough enough as it is. In terms of back, the pull-ups, I'm seeing slow progress there in terms of strength. By the end of this month, I think I should be feeling pretty much 98% back to normal in terms of strength and just overall the way I feel. Right now, my workouts aren't really that high volume, but I'm still getting pretty sore. I think that'll go away within a few weeks, though. My body still, still feels like it's trying to adapt to this new training stimulus and having to wake up pretty early five days a week. I'm still not sure what I'm going to be doing going forward, if I'm going to bulk or do a cut this year, but I'll probably, for the most part, just be maintaining what I have and trying to fill out my frame. I'll probably do a mini cut, just maybe four to six or eight weeks. We'll see. I don't really pay much attention to the way I look right now, so I'm fine with just trying to focus on just getting stronger, building muscle right now, as opposed to getting shredded to hit the beach or something. Like, with all the closures that have happened lately, the past two years now, it's been tough to string together multiple months in a row of consistently working out. And with the mask mandate ending on Monday, I guess that's an early sign that there won't be any more gym closures in the future. At least, I freaking hope so. So, since I should be on a groove here the next few months, I don't think it seems smart to just start cutting and potentially not gaining as much muscle as I can right now. But I do think a mini cut will happen soon. Maybe when I change up the workout phase I'm currently in. Regardless, I'm not looking to get super shredded for summer, at least not this year. But looking ahead, this next year or so of training is going to be pretty important as I'm creeping up in age. I think spending all of this time taking it slow the past two or three years while the pandemic was going on, that should pay off this year. So we'll just see how that goes. Question 1. Why the all or nothing mentality is a bad mindset? This is a tough one to change because it really does depend on your personality sometimes. If you're a perfectionist, you might be someone who falls into this trap, and it really is a tough obstacle to overcome. When we're talking about an all-or-nothing mindset or mentality, when it comes to staying healthy, this is where if you fall off just slightly, then you end up going all the way off, and we'll dive into that starting off with diet. A common way this happens is when it comes to using your diet to get into weight loss territory. So you've come to this point where you're going to eat lower calorie foods now. You have your meal plan that'll help you stay in a calorie deficit. If you have an all or nothing attitude, then you really are doomed from the start. This is when you might fall into a cycle like this. During the week, you're on point with your calories. You do everything right. You eat what you need to eat. You lift however many times you feel is necessary. But then when the weekend comes, you're not really tracking what you're doing or eating when you go out with friends. Or maybe you want to just relax at home with a glass of wine and just watch some Netflix at home. If you have that all or nothing attitude, that one glass turns into maybe two or three. If you think like, oh, well, I already opened the bottle of wine. I already had a drink, so I might as well have one or two more. Or you go out to eat, you have some tacos, but also overeat those. You have some dessert, maybe some drinks, some appetizers, some free chips they're serving out too with the salsa and cheese. Again, this is okay once in a while, but if this is a habit that you're getting into constantly, 
and you're wondering why you're not where you want to be in terms of weight management, then this is something that could need a bit of tweaking and a bit of awareness and correcting. I just mentioned earlier that I went out with the boys for some bowling this past weekend, and I'm not cutting right now, so I'm just eating to maintain and slowly gain some muscle. We went out around 8 p.m., so I had some calories left over. I planned a bit ahead because I knew we'd eat a bit and maybe drink a bit also, since I know how those nights go. I could have said to myself, oh yeah, let me just pound down a few cups of beer, get a few more pitchers. We also had a pizza, and there's five of us guys, and most of us lift to a certain extent, and we all split just one pizza, so I just had a single slice, and that's okay. If I had that all-or-nothing mindset, though, I would have thought to myself, oh, now that I had one slice, I'd better keep eating, get another pizza for everyone. I already messed up my diet for today, so it's a write-off. I mean... Yeah, we'd enjoy more pizza for sure, but we know we would pay in the long run. This is why a rigid diet might not be the way to go when it comes to sustainable long-term progress. This kind of ties into the next topic, which is about the dangers of tracking. That all-or-nothing mindset is a pretty common way of thinking, though. Like, if you fall off, you fall off completely. Another example that's pretty common is... Something like, oh, I already missed my planned workout today, so I'll just eat out and stay up late and all that. If you fail at doing one task, don't just go adding bad things on top of one another. Sometimes it does happen, though, I agree. But you have to keep those days in check because those are the days that could erase a few days of progress or even weeks, maybe, that you recently made. And I'm not saying that to make anyone feel bad, it's just the reality. There are days where I go backwards too, nobody's perfect. I just try to make sure I'm going forward more times than I'm going backwards. So if you are trying to step away from that all or nothing approach, here's a better idea that works for most people. An 80-20 is a uh, solid approach when it comes to a lot of aspects, but especially when it comes to diet, it becomes even more important. It's great to eat all whole foods all the time, but if you're someone who's eating 3,000 calories or 3,500 calories or even more than that, If you're doing that every day, you're going to have to eat some sort of processed food throughout the day because that's going to be pretty difficult unless you have a big appetite. So it's fine to have up to 20% of your food be from some processed foods. I'm not someone who's going to say to cut out all of one certain type of food because one meal isn't going to be the difference between an unhealthy diet and a healthy one. That's just one meal. It doesn't tell you much or anything at all you got to look at the overall diversity of the diet. Look at the bigger picture. So try an 80-20 approach first, and that can help a lot when it comes to decreasing the amount of stress you're putting on yourself to be so on point with your diet. Personally, I'm eating around 2,800 calories, and I'm even more of a 90-10 split right now. I have maybe one highly processed food every other or every three days, so it's nothing crazy. I had chips this week, and they were amazing. If you're someone who's getting into working out and you have your whole week planned out, what happens when you miss one day? Are you someone who just says that throws off the whole week and you don't end up going back to the gym until Monday when it's more of a fresh start? Then this is where you're going to have to get out of that headspace. Like one small thing was thrown into the mix and all of a sudden it messes everything up. Just because you don't have time to go to the gym on some days of the week, it's not the end of the world. This is real life. You just have to adapt to what's going on around you. 
If you have five to 10 minutes throughout the day, work on some stretches or mobility drills instead of just waiting until the next gym day to get some exercise in because doing a little bit of something every day is going to help. That's not even a question. You can be active in your own space if need be. Your body doesn't know that it can only burn calories or get a hard workout in the gym. It just burns calories if you move more. So maybe that means going outside for a bit, going for a quick walk, instead of having to confirm that you're still alive when Netflix asks if you're still there because you've watched so many episodes in a row. This is a tough one to get around though, this all or nothing approach, but unfortunately you're only hurting yourself. You just have to find a way to just get back on track and gain that momentum in the right way. Nobody is going to be perfect when it comes to anything. Fitness and health is no different. Question two, what are the dangers of tracking? I talk about tracking a lot here on this podcast. I've mentioned things like track your strength in a logbook and that should help you get stronger and build muscle. And there's tracking your calories, eat more if you need to gain size and less if you want to burn away some body fat. I've talked about how to lose weight without tracking your calories and I think I even had an episode where I talked about the pros and cons of tracking your food. So some of those topics might overlap here. But when it comes to tracking, there's a negative side as well, and I don't think I've covered that part of it yet. So some positives that could come from tracking I've already mentioned. Tracking is great when it comes to your diet because it can help set you on the right path. Once you weigh your food and analyze what's in your food, it becomes a lot easier to intuitively eat somewhere down the road when you can ballpark how many calories there are in each of your meals. It can be great for gaining strength if you're on a good program where you're scaling intensity and consistently getting stronger. Tracking can be a good thing if you use it properly, so some context goes a long way here. It does depend on exactly when tracking is being used. There are ways where tracking could be something that's negative in your life. It's about being uh, being able sorry, to identify when it's taking over your life and maybe interfering in other aspects of your life. If you feel like tracking puts you in this obsessive mindset, that's really when it can become dangerous. You don't want to get too neurotic about tracking. You could be separating yourself from having a good time at social events and being social with friends and family you love. That's also a big contributor to good health also. I've mentioned this story before about how when I was cutting once, I was really low calorie at one point. And went out to eat with my family. It was a huge family dinner at this healthy buffet kind of place. And even then, I let my tracking get in the way of just enjoying the food that was there. And I ended up not having a good time. And that's all I remember about that day. I wasn't able to enjoy those foods. In those times, it's usually not worth it to be super strict in those situations. Because those are times of celebration and those can be important as well. In terms of calories, again, don't get too crazy with this. If you're drinking pure extra virgin olive oil to hit your fat goals, that's insane. If you're only eating egg whites because it's pure protein instead of whole eggs, and you're avoiding the egg because there's too much fat in it or something, you need to reevaluate whatever meal plan you're on. Whole eggs, unless you have high cholesterol, are one of the healthiest foods on the planet when it comes to the source of protein you're getting, the full amino acid profile there along with healthy fats that's needed for overall health and especially in the brain. This is where tracking can be a problem if you're just too focused on just eating in macronutrient numbers. 
I've been there before too, but like I said, I realized when it took over my life and figured out that there's other ways to get to your goals and if it requires a slower approach, that's perfectly fine and it's probably going to benefit me in other ways like decreasing stress levels about trying to figure out exactly where I'm going to get my next pure protein meal to stay anabolic or something. So tracking could be a bit dangerous just because most, uh, for most people, again, you might get a bit too obsessive with this. There are certainly times where you'll have to track a bit, but there's not a lot of people I've known who want to track their food forever, especially not me. Nobody wants to weigh their food just to stay in shape. It's not a long-term habit that you'll stick to for 99% of people out there. That's why sticking to Whole Foods, being able to learn from tracking so that you can separate the two, you're able to know what a good solid 20 to 40 grams of protein meal looks like now. You can ballpark your calories in a way where you don't have to count it per se because naturally if you're working out and eating right, you'll find a healthy balance there where you're working out two or three times a week along with eating three big, healthy, well-balanced meals and you're managing to maintain a healthy body weight. In terms of training, again, this is where tracking could cause some issues. Some benefits of tracking your workouts, I've said this already too. If you're tracking and you're getting stronger, that's a pretty good sign that you're building muscle, which will increase your metabolism and make it a lot easier to lose weight. It's especially useful if you're a power lifter looking to increase your numbers for an upcoming event. But, and this applies to everyone, you're not going to get stronger every single time you're in the gym lifting. Your bench press or squat is not going to go up 5 pounds every single week because gaining something like 250 pounds on lifts every single year just isn't really possible for humans. If you're super strict when it comes to tracking and your goal this week is to hit another 10 pounds more than last week, then just don't be upset if you don't hit those numbers because it's not the last workout you're ever going to do. There's so many factors that come into maximal strength. Everything needs to be right. The stars need to just align. Your sleep needs to be on point. The meal timing plays a role. Your activity throughout the day could factor into your workout. If you're someone who lifts in the afternoon, were your stress levels in check, were your kids driving you crazy today, a lot of factors could throw off a perfect workout. But it's just about getting in there sometimes and just doing a little bit of something. So you shouldn't be too obsessed with hitting numbers, but celebrate when you do get to those milestones. Don't get down and discouraged. Just try to do better next time and go from there. Nothing to be ashamed about. Another angle when it comes to lifting is if you're on a strength building program, you're constantly chasing a number as opposed to keeping in mind other feedback going on. Yes, you could still be hitting those numbers you're supposed to, but you could be sacrificing in another part of the lift. Usually, something that gets sacrificed is the tempo of the rep. When you're chasing those strength numbers, it gets pretty easy to ignore the eccentric or the negative part of the reps. So you start to speed up reps because you're supposed to go up 5 pounds this week or whatever it is, and you need to get 5 reps as fast as possible. This means on a bench press, you're letting gravity do the work on the way down, and then you're bouncing it hard off of your chest so that you're able to rep out that weight. And I used to be this person, and even with my years of lifting experience, I do still have to check myself from time to time, because I am someone who gravitates towards lifting heavy or in the lower rep ranges. One of the hardest things to do is, as a personal trainer, is remembering to basically be a personal trainer for yourself. 
Because if you do get too ahead of yourself, that's when the injuries and problems could happen. One of the hardest things to tell yourself is to slow it down. Obviously, I love working out. I want to get stronger. I want to gain muscle, burn body fat, whatever. And I want to do it as fast as possible. But I know that I have to stay within my limits so I don't burn out or overtrain or push too hard and injure myself. You're also going to have those days where you're not feeling 100%, whether that be from stress from life or how things are going at work. Maybe you didn't eat enough or you didn't get enough sleep. You've been active, moving around all day, or maybe it's a little combination of all of the above. That's when you have to understand that tracking in that situation and being obsessive about those numbers could cause injuries or overtraining. Listen to your body. If you're doing your warm-up and things aren't clicking or feeling right, or the weight is feeling heavier than usual, then you might have to lower the intensity for that one day. No point in pushing yourself if you're just um, you're getting all these signals from your body and you're just choosing to ignore them. That's when you'll start to be disappointed in yourself that you didn't hit your gym numbers that you were supposed to. That's why it's better to, yes, track it, but don't be upset at those numbers if things are off in your life right now or you just had a long day. And maybe next time you hit the session again, that's when you try to get back on track, when you are feeling ready for it. So if you feel like tracking whatever you're tracking is helping you along your journey, keep it up. If you feel like it's holding you back, it might be something to at least take a break from doing. Don't form your life around being too neurotic about all of the little things and sticking to certain numbers. Try to just enjoy the journey along the way too. That way you'll be happier in all aspects of your life. And that concludes episode 79 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.